It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, we're, we're good. We, lo- we love it. You know, you find out about yourself when you have a little bit of adversity. And I know that everybody in that locker room is going to respond the right way. Have full confidence in that, Gary. Sometimes setbacks can be setups for comebacks. And that's the way that we look at it. I think, uh, you know, the motivation, the desire to be able to move forward in a positive way is, is something that, you know, we challenge everybody in that building and our building to be able to do. And uh, can't wait to go back to work, uh, get ready to go for a tough Seattle team and uh, being back at home. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a setback, but we're, but we're going to respond the right way. I have full confidence in that with our coaches and our players. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. All right, James, it had to happen, my man, but I'm going to keep the energy up. No sad podcast here today, but the Rams lose 45-35. to They are now 8-1. It was a tough game. We've got lots to get to, so that's why you know we've got our main man, the man, the myth, the Kroger. James, how you doing, bud? Well, it didn't have to happen, Bear. I'm not oh. doing well. I got a lot of complaint forms for you. I know we've we've been doing a lot of those lately, but man, it was a it was a good game. Second half started off good and then ended very badly. So I can't wait to talk to you about this on the mic because man, we got we got a lot to cover today. And and like you said, we're gonna be optimistic and not not too depressed about this. Yeah, there's got to be some criticism coming here, right? And but at the same time, it's got to come from an understanding of we're eight and one. We're sitting in a really good position still. And I mentioned this on Twitter, but looking at the Saints' upcoming schedule and the Rams' upcoming schedule, I still like our chances to represent the NFC as the best record and get home playoff advantage throughout the playoffs. So that's still on the table. We're still one ahead in the win column. Obviously, we're now equal in losses. But uh, two of their last three games are against Carolina, who's only a game behind them, if I'm not uh, misspoken here. So they've got a tough finish to their schedule. And I know we've got some games on our schedule that we'll continue to talk about. But I still like where we're at. But yes, some complaint forms got to be coming out today. Uh, we've got to talk about some big decisions that were happening in this game. We're going to highlight the offense and the defense. And obviously, you know, we've got our game balls and we've got our play action balls. So uh, going to be a good one. We'll try not to be too negative. But you already you already know me, James. I'm going to keep it optimistic. I'm going to flip the script on it when I need to and get us back into feeling good about this team. But a lot to talk about. With that said, guys, don't forget, make sure to go give us a follow. Subscribe to the podcast we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you want to download or listen to podcasts. We are there. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Locked On Rams on all accounts. You can find me at my personal LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can find our guest James at jkroger3 and also Rams Podcast. We're going to be putting together a long episode. I'm sure there's going to be tons of complaint forms. James had about four or five last week. I can't even imagine what's coming <laughs> this week. Uh, we're going to talk it out later in the week. That will probably be released about Wednesday-ish. So go check that out. Give us a follow. Follow James. Ask us questions. 
Uh, you know, we've got Big Ups Tuesday tomorrow, so reach out with any of the questions you have. I'd love to hear them. We'd love to get you on the show and call into that voicemail. I don't have uh, that piece of paper in front of me, but you know the number, and it's up there on Twitter as well. 1-800-BEAR. 1-800-TELL-ME-ABOUT-IT. All right, James. All right, James. James. Let's get to it. I don't. Where, where do you want to start, big guy? Because we can go multiple directions here. Why don't we just start at the beginning, right? Let's also keep it positive because everybody's got their head kind of hanging low today. Let's not start off complaining too much here. Let's start off with what we what we really liked. Okay. Well, I liked how we how we came out offensively. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they put up 14 points. We came right back. Uh, this was a 14-14 ball game at a point, and then we just kind of sputtered a little bit, and our defense. Uh, couldn't keep it going. Obviously, a big turnover by Jared Goff before the half when we were trying to go down and get some points turned into more points for them. But the one thing I love about this team, and it's it's kind of a theme if you look at the game as a whole, we came and finished that first half. I think we only had got the ball back with like less than a minute. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, you want to go for it, but can you really go down and get anything? Uh, we even had a penalty from Saffold, which was really stupid penalty where he hit the guy late after the play. Backed us up, and but then Jared Goff comes back with a 20-yard pickup to put us in position for Greg Zerline to get some points right before half. Kind of killed a little bit of that momentum. We came out to open the second half with the ball, went down, put up 10 points in the third quarter, shut them out, uh, and really kind of took over the game at that point, brought this thing back, fought back from 21 points down. So the team showed a lot of character, and then all of a sudden they, you know, they finished the game on a 10-0 run, which you know, basically ended up finishing the game and us losing by 10. We'll get to breaking down a lot of that. But overall, the spirit of the game and how this thing went, can you talk to me about how you felt about that? Well, it, the spirit of the game, it was ultra competitive. You can tell that in the beginning, it seemed like at least that the the, the person who is going to be able to score the most with the ball is obviously going to come out with this one because it was almost imperative that you had to score every time you had the ball. But then we dropped off by quite a bit. But you mentioned the offense and that 20-yarder. That was to to Everett, who ended up with three catches for 48 yards. It was finally great to see him come out and have some really important plays to this offense because, dude, Goff actually had a great game. He had a 48-yarder, a 41-yarder, big-time plays, a 33-yard pass. And Goff had an amazing day today and you know 35 points overall he had 391 yards 28 for 40 just one interception that was that was just made me cringe watching that that. crazy catch by the way that was a great catch yeah maybe a little tight throw a little tight window that he tried to get in there and maybe not at the best of time but an amazing play by the defense there too yeah, and speaking of of accuracy and tight windows, dude, he was he continued to be super ac- accurate, and his reads were really smart. He stayed confident back there and just made big plays happen. So, offensively, you know, I I really can't complain about too much. They did shut down Gurley a little bit in the beginning. Their rush D is I think number one going into this game, so that was a little bit tough. But Gurley still prevailed and you know got a touchdown to start off. And uh, yeah, man, the offense really don't have too many complaints about them. Yeah, the offense did well, and Jared Goff had a great game, although he did have a, you know, a big miss throw near the end when we got the ball back. it was uh, We were down three after holding him to a field goal, and we came out first down. Nice play-action pass, and he had Robert Woods pretty much wide open on the sideline. That would have been a first down. He overthrows him. It goes out of bounds. Uh, we run the next play, get nowhere, and we're in a, a third and long, and we throw a three-yard out to Cooper Cup. That was the first three and out in the whole ball game. 
and it came at a really, really bad time in the fourth quarter. So that would be my only criticism of Jared Goff was that that drive with about six minutes to go when we had a chance to come down and, and really take the lead and potentially win the ball game depending on what type of drive we could put together. And we went three and out and a bad throw and then, again, a short throw. I know Cooper Cup just broke one the possession before where he threw a short route, but he had a lot more space. This one, as soon as he got the ball, he had a guy on him, and he was down. It was like a three-yard pickup, and there's nothing more I hate. It's kind of like in basketball when a guy shoots uh, that deep two-pointer with like his foot on the three-point line. You're like, oh, it's like such a useless shot, and this is like third and eight, and you throw it three yards, and it's like, ah, it kind of drives me crazy. So obviously we know what happened after that. Drew Brees gets the ball back, and on third down, which seemed to be their favorite down this game, uh, they went and you know threw it over the top of Marcus Peters, and I won't even let you start on Marcus Peters yet because we got a whole other segment to get to, and I think he deserves a little bit more time than what we got left in this segment. So let's finish out a couple thoughts on the offense, and then we'll jump over on the next segment to the, the defense. Jared Goff threw to seven different wide receivers. What did you see else coming from that offense? So, dude, let's not forget that in that tough game, this offensive line didn't allow one sack on Jared Goff. So they held strong. He had plenty of time back there. And I do want to throw a shout-out to Todd Gurley. I tweeted this. It didn't get much love compared to my some of my other tweets. I was going a little going a little crazy today on, on Twitter via Rams Same. podcast. But um, So he cemented a spot in the Rams record books. He became the first player in franchise history to score a touchdown in 12 consecutive regular season games that dates back to last year so that was a little mini accomplishment from Todd Gurley and speaking of this offensive line that allowed zero sacks well they really attributed to helping out with with Gurley's record here too yeah and he got that touchdown out of the way right away I think it was our first seven points was Todd Gurley's touchdown and and we talked about you text me right after that and it was a really funky setup run play again we use our wide receivers so much and we're moving people to the left and to the right give him the ball and he just flies outside and he, he makes this great lunge and at the time I thought it was you know might be the best little get to the end zone play of the day but we saw plenty other amazing plays obviously one coming from Malcolm Brown his backup which was I still don't know how he did that staying in bounds and then re-rotating his hips to get back in but I would have liked to see a little bit more from Todd Gurley I know they shut it down early but if you look at it 13 carries 68 yards, five-yard average, and that touchdown. He started to pick it up a little bit more. I wish we kind of continued it a little bit more, but uh, this became a shootout, like you said, and, and a lot of attack through the air. Right, and speaking of through the air, boy, Cooper Cup was back, and he got a touchdown. He got a long of 41, five receptions, second most out of our receivers with 89 yards total and averaging almost 18 seven at 17.8. So Cooper Cup was back. He had eight, six overall targets. So Goff only didn't connect with him on one of those. And man, what an impact he had on this game offensively too. It's just like, just like he hadn't been gone and he came back with a vengeance. Definitely great to see Cooper back. And he took a couple of hits. The first couple of hits he took, I was like, huh, 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 huh. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're just really worried, but he seemed to move great. Obviously he still had the burst to get to the end zone. It was just nice to see him there. Again, I, w- I wish you know his route probably asked him to do that, but uh, I wish he went a little bit further on that the end of the game there, even though we did have Brandon Cooks in the deeper route on the tree behind him, and I really wish Goff kind of – there seemed to be pressure because they were blitzing, but we picked it up. He just kind of got mm-hmm. rid of the ball really before he had to. But overall, great game. Another great game from Brandon Cooks, as we just mentioned his name, returning to the Dome. He led the team with six catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. So great things came from him, and that was exciting to see him kind of get back to where you know the team that drafted him performed well. So a lot of highlights on the offense. 
We're going to take a break real quick. We're going to get some words from our sponsor. We'll flip the script. We'll get over the defense. We'll talk about some of the decision-making that happened throughout the game, whether it was timeouts, going for it, that type of stuff. Lots of good questions on the other side of this. We'll be right back with more with James Kroger on the Monday edition of Lockdown Rams. All right, guys, before we get over to our next segment, really excited to talk to you about our new partner on the show. You know him already, Metro Infinity. You can find him 821 East Central Ave, Monrovia, California, just off the 210 in Monrovia. You got to go swing by their brand new multi-million dollar facility and check out the amazing selection of new and used Infinities. They're the only car dealer in California that's family owned and has been in business for 25 years. They're the number one volume dealer in California. That's right, number one. One of my favorite parts about this, and James, you can attest to this because you went through the car buying process not too long ago, but you don't have to deal with them like other dealerships. They're not going to go back and forth with you on price. And the cool thing is they'll come to you. Like if you want to do this at your house, which I know you would have loved this, James, especially when you were getting this, they'll come to your home, your office, they'll meet you at the park, and they're going to bring that whole transaction to you. So, Bear, there's a few things I love about that. One, I've been in the auto industry for over 10 years, and so I really appreciate the fact that they are family-owned. You know you get a way better experience with a family-owned dealership. And two, the no negotiation factor of that is just huge. You don't want to have to deal with that going to the, the dealerships these days. And the fact that they'll work, work with you and come to you is just great to deal with these guys. So that's really awesome to hear. And I'll give you one more there, James. If you mentioned locked on, they're going to give you $500 off any car purchase. I love it. That's Ooh. our best deal we've ever had here. They take pride in not being that traditional uh, dealership that we talked about. So trust me, these guys get it. If you're thinking about a new Infinity or even just in the market for a new car, give them a chance to earn your business. I promise you won't regret it. Bear stamp of approval. You can reach them at 626 626- Five nine nine seven five one zero or metroinfinity.com. Tell them Bear sent you. Get $500 off Metro Infinity just off the 210 in Monrovia. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. This is the Monday edition of Locked On Rams. It just sounds so weird. Just the Monday edition. We'll get back to Victory Monday next week. I promise you we've got the Seahawks at home at the Coliseum. Guys, if you still haven't entered your chance to win two tickets, go do it now. It's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You got to do is retweet, tag, all that good stuff. You know the drill. Anything to basically enter a social media contest, that's what you got to do. 
what we're going to do now is flip the script over to the defensive side of the ball, kind of talk through some things. Obviously, Marcus Peters didn't have his best game. Michael Thomas did have his best game. 12 catches, 211 yards, one touchdown. That 72-yard long, that really sealed the deal. He now single-handedly has the best wide receiver performance of the year. That's really got to hurt. James, overall thoughts on the defense, and then we'll get to break this down a little bit further. Okay, overall thoughts, I'm going to exclude Marcus Peters from the my overall thoughts because then I'm going to start rambling and going off about that, and I assume we're going we're gonna to hit that in a bit. But I think Corey Littleton continues to be so consistent with this defense, dude. He had another nine tackles, seven solo. He's imperative uh, in the secondary. And then John Johnson as well had nine tackles too. Well, Marcus Joyner is looking pretty good out there. But some of these guys, Mark Barron and uh, Troy Hill as well, there were some missed tackles, man. And Troy Hill got burnt too. We'll, we'll talk about Marcus Peters, but I saw Troy Hill get get burnt as well. But uh, you know, on top of the secondary getting getting burnt and and uh, specifically Peters, our linebackers too. They just you know they had some tackles that they sh- they had a lot of missed tackles that they should have gotten that really hurt us. So I tweeted at one point. Aaron Donald just ran over Kamara, but the very next play, I think it was the play, the next player too, the Kamara got it, ended up with a touchdown, but he ran him over like a train. It was just yeah. like, this guy was so solid. So some of these, you see the goodness coming out a little bit, but it just really wasn't enough against the New Orleans Saints. I mean, you can't, you can't talk too much positivity when you got 45 points scored on you, dude. Yeah. So there's... There's a lot of improvement that needs to come out of this defense, but I think everybody out there that I've seen so far is really pointing their fingers over to one specific player that I assume are going to end up lingering over to in just a bit. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to him in just a bit, and I want to kind of touch on a couple of those things that you mentioned. Aaron Donald, yeah, again, he always has a good game. He had another good game. There was just a couple times where he was so close to making a huge play, and Drew Brees just kind of slithered away from him but four QB hits yeah the pressure that he can put on is just amazing especially when we need it he really comes up Fowler had a nice little introduction game uh he put some Mm -hmm. pressure on Drew Brees a couple times he had a couple big stops he had was another guy that really leveled Kamara in the backfield but you talked about missed tackles uh Barron Hill the one big play that Kamara scored a touchdown on, he ran through three guys to get there. And, and then again, the third down efficiency on the defense struggled mightily. Uh, we, we talked about earlier in the podcast. It seemed to be their go-to down. I really wanted to figure out how we could get uh, through third down. They were 7 for 12 on third down. They scored three of their touchdowns on third down, and that's just such a heartbreaker when you get to a third down position. You know, they converted a couple short ones, but some of them are – you know, third and six, third and eight, third and ten, and to give up big plays, to give up first downs, to allow that to happen, it's just, as a defense, it's got to be exhausting as well. You know, you start to give up those plays, and all of a sudden you're back to first down, and you're against Drew Brees still. So um, that was tough. And then the time of possession. We know it's a McVeigh stat. It's my favorite McVeigh stat. When we win that, he's undefeated. Uh, we had the ball for 26 minutes. They had it for 33. They win that crucial stat line. Uh, we both had a turnover. And ours, unfortunately, we couldn't get points off of. We're going to talk about that later in the show as well. But we, you're right. We got to get to our man, the man, the not the myth, <laughs> not the legend, Marcus Peters. I want to play a clip. He was asked about this after the game. So I want to, I want to hear from the man himself, Marcus Peters. I'm going to play a clip here, and then me and you are going to talk about it on the other side. So here's Marcus Peters, his reaction after the game, and his thoughts on his performance. That 
final 72-yard play that Michael Thomas caught. What were you seeing on that, and how did that play go down from your side? Uh, shit. Third down and six. Got up there and pressed. Can you back that mic up a little bit on my face, though? I appreciate it. But um, third down and six, man. Got up the line. He just beat me off the line. Uh, look back, try to make a play on the ball. Shit happens like that in football. Were you trying to communicate something to the teammates right before that? Oh, uh, man. Um, shit happens like that in football. We were just trying to get a line, and we were trying to get something out, and it just happened like that, man. I got beat. You know, communication, regardless of all that, it, I got beat. Once the play starts, man, you got to go out there and you got to compete, man. And um, I did, and uh, they got off, and they got a 72 yard. This is the first loss for you guys this season. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys think, I mean, maybe this day would come, or now that it's here, what's it like? No, nah, man, how good this team is, we don't ever think this day would come because we, we fight so hard together. And, uh, we know all three phases we're going to go out there and compete. That's why we came back uh, at the end of the game. Uh, that just shows just how tough we are, how, how together we are. But, um, no, nah, man, it's going to actually be a, a good thing for us, man. We get to go back to work, and we get to just have an extra little uh, hunger edge, you know, coming off the loss. You no, know, I can stand up. I can play better. I've been playing shitty these last couple of weeks, um, and that's just being honest, you know, but um, with me, I just, just continue to fight, man. That's the type of player I am. Man. Who gives a shit? You're going to get beat in football, you know, but you go out there and you compete to the highest of your ability, and shit happens. Let's get a couple more from Marcus. Are you totally healthy? Huh? Are you totally Why are you asking me that? Well, because I'm wondering, you, early in the year, you were, you had an ankle problem. How long ago that was? No, no, no. See, we asking the question. See, don't get mad at me when no, I ask no, you a question. No, no, no. See, I'm it was asking you. See, I'm asking you a question now. You feel me? It was early in the year. That was like seven weeks ago. Okay. I'm healthy now, man. You know, things happen like that. You know. But no, nah, I didn't. I don't mean nothing by asking you that back. I'm just saying, don't ask nothing that that, that makes totally sense. If I wasn't healthy, coach wouldn't have me out there. Like I said, I've had a bad couple of weeks. You feel me? I owned up to that and I step up, man. I know I'm a, I'm a top fucking corner in this league and I ain't been playing like it. Marcus, you feel me? Last one. Can I you, put that on me. You feel me? Can you put your finger on what the problem is? No, it's just, man, shit happens. It's football. All right, James, you heard it from him himself. Uh, He basically owns up to it, but then a little defensive. Your thoughts on what he had to say and really his overall performance. Man, he's a little snappy. I mean, you know, it's it's coming to the point where I'm sorry that that guy asked him if he's still not healthy because it's a reasonable question. You're not playing 100%. It looks like you're getting burnt consistently. And he's saying that he's owning up to it and he's going to continue to get better. Well, I'm sorry, Peters, but you've been saying that for the past few games that you, you've been getting burnt and we haven't seen any sort of improvement. In fact, it's actually getting worse because yeah. you allowed 12 ca- catches for 211 yards. So you're going in the wrong direction right now. And it's really frustrating. Everybody's saying, should we bench him? We got, I think, two more weeks or two more games until Talib is back. So Peters is just, you know, really looking like our worst defensive player right now. He's not doing really anything positive for us. And everybody's saying we need to bench him. Well, the trouble with that is we don't have the depth there to yeah. bench Peters. And, you know, we don't have really anyone to replace him with. And he's still imperative. And he's historically been one of those players. So it's like we're kind of in a sticky situation because he's been stuck in. But he's also an awesome player if you look at the – if you zoom out and look at the big picture in his whole career. So it, Peters is just a huge problem right now. He, he was basically the reason Drew Brees was throwing to Thomas. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Peters. And when you draft a guy and are so excited about that guy in the offseason and know that Drew Brees is probably targeting him on purpose, knowing that he's going to get burned and throw the ball in his direction, it was really sad, man. And I really contribute a lot of this – the the points that that New Orleans scored due to to Peters being burnt. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Obviously, he he did contribute with uh, four solo tackles, two pass deflects, 
And at the beginning of the game, I've been I've been really trying to get his back a lot, right? So you were texting me, and you were I could tell you were getting frustrated with him again. And the first couple passes went his way, and he was contested, and, and he almost broke up a couple of them, and they threw a couple flags on him, which I thought were a little touchy, and and I don't want to yeah, get too much too much into the flags, but I I didn't think they were you know thrown fairly. You know, there was only I think it was like four versus two. It wasn't ridiculous. They're letting him play out there, but. Uh, him in general, near the end of the game, I don't think I've ever tracked a player so much to find out where he's at to be like, oh, crap. Okay, we're going to go to the top of the screen. Don't don't throw the top. Oh, he's throwing the top of the screen. Oh, no, it's the Peter's direction. Like, I was so worried every time, and I continued to get let down. Like, my worries were true. I mean, he was just getting eaten up, and you knew it. I knew it. Everyone in the Dome knew it. Even he knew it. He knew it was coming his direction. So that's the struggle is when you give up 200 yards and you know they're coming your way, I can't imagine the frustration. His interview, he did get a little snappy at times, but he did own up to it. And like you said, I don't care if you're owning up to it at this point. It's kind of a show me, don't tell Mm -hmm. me. Uh, He claims to be one of the top-tier cornerbacks in this league. Well, you you ride with a guy like this, you're not going to bench him like you mentioned. We don't have the depth to do it. And he is, in, in the history of his career, that good to where you're like, all right, you're not at benching point right now, but... Uh, at some point, it's a show-me-don't-tell-me league. He's got to really start turning it up. He's got to be productive. We get his counterpart to lead back in a couple weeks. I think that's going to be huge for him, that he doesn't have to basically ride this whole defense on his back in the secondary, which I feel like right now, in a sense, you know, he's the one that they're picking on. But uh, it's going to be good to get to lead back in a couple weeks. We can go for days. I, I'm sure we've got a few more rants going because we do have game balls and play-action balls coming up. So, you, you know, save a little bit of this rant, I guess, for both of us because I'm sure we both have a pretty similar play-action ball here. James, what we're going to do now is we're going to step aside. We're going to get some words from some sponsors. We're going to pay some bills here at Lockdown Rams. We're going to be back on the other side with game balls, play-action balls, a couple more questions for Mr. Kroger. Stay with us. More on the other side, Lockdown Rams, Monday, right after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, we are back. Monday edition, regular Monday edition. Womp, womp, womp. I'm going to say it every time. If it's not a victory Monday, it doesn't feel right. Uh, but we're here. We're holding it down. We've got James Kroger with us from Rams Podcast. Guys, keep an eye out later in the week, about Wednesday-ish. We're going to be putting up a Rams podcast, hour-long version, uh, breaking down this game, probably more rants that we thought of over the past couple days as we saw some stats come out and things that get us mad, and then maybe find some highlights because we did say at the beginning of the show we don't want this to be too negative. We are 8-1. and one. We still love these Rams. We're, we're coming back home to face the Seahawks, who 
uh, lost today to the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> we don't know anything about that. Um, so, you know, hopefully this is a good recovery game for us, and then we head down to Mexico City. I'll be down there drinking tequila, taking siestas, talking to you about all the good things that are happening down in Mexico City as we face up against those Chiefs. Uh, but, James, I wanted to get to a couple Sean McVay questions before we got into game balls. And it starts with that first field goal attempt that we had for Greg Zerline. We had just gotten the turnover. We didn't go anywhere with the ball, but we were already basically in position for a field goal. So right before the play, I actually leaned over to my girlfriend and I said, we're going to fake this field goal one time because I keep forgetting that Johnny Hecker's the holder, right? And he, he's been killing it on the throws lately. And boom, right there, Johnny Hecker rolls out. And it was kind of a funky angle that they gave us. And they didn't show a lot of uh, repeats of the actual play. They showed more the end. But he rolls out, and I'm not sure if it was a designed run, but the run was there. And he kind of took it, and then he does this lean forward, and we all thought he got the first down. Me and you are texting. We're on Twitter. Everyone's like, first down, move the chains. Let's hurry up with this review. Sure. And they come back, and they say, nope, it's uh, turnover on downs. He didn't make it. Even Troy Aikman, who like is loved hating on the Rams recently, and even in this game, uh, kind of admitted that he thought it was a first down. Talk to me about the decision itself, and do you agree with that? Well, first off, screw Troy Aikman. Yeah. Second off, Barry, you called it, man. I, I mean, I was co- actually thinking the opposite because my wife has Greg Z on her team and was really hoping for uh, some some points there uh, to help out with fantasy. So I, th- I actually thought they're going to go for it. it. It took me off guard. But once Hecker had the ball, uh, I just wish he would have gone upfield just a little bit sooner. Yeah. But it was a BS call because he actually he really did have the first down there, and our twenty-one point rally just came short because. Man, it's it's such BS. I don't think there's anyone who who thought that that spot was was reasonable because it was so off, and they just didn't give us any love. They, these refs have to maybe have a little couple bets going on with uh, with <laughs> New Orleans winning because that was just that was total BS, man, and that really ruined a lot of momentum for us. But I love the call. Okay. I love Hecker on these on these fakes, and uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm so happy they did it, and it's it's yeah. I'm pretty pissed that they didn't get that first. I love the call too. You know, we we did that last week in the fake punt. Uh, it was kind of a, a point in the game where we're about halfway through the game. It could have been a momentum play. Uh, we just got that turnover. They they said, you know, these are basically free points that we're playing with right now. So let's try to get the big one. Let's try to really break the back with this. So if we pick that up, who knows how that drive continues and what we get out of it. You're right. As we look back on it, man, those points would have been awesome near the end, obviously, as we made this great comeback. And then the other one I want to ask is right at the end of the game, McVay, it's fourth and two, and McVay decides to throw for it and not give it to Todd Gurley. Obviously, Brandon Cooks, it's broken up to him. He was trying to get a holding call, but boom, that's basically the end of the rally. Are you okay with the uh, fourth and two throw there, or would you like to see Todd Gurley get the ball? You know, the Saints D, again, is number one against the rush, so... It was. I think it was a smart call. We have an amazing offense. Jared Goff has been playing really smart back there, and our receivers are are awesome. And you know, being, Cup being back gives another threat. So I I like the call. I you know, not going with Gurley. I try in McVay we trust, and yeah. and I absolutely do. With with this team, the New Orleans Saints might not have been the best decision to go to Gurley. Yeah, I'm I'm good with both of those calls with him. And you're right, in McVay we trust. I just wish that first one with Johnny Hecker we just would have converted because you're right, it was a big momentum swinger. Mm-hmm. The other way, they go on a 14-0 tear. 
Um, almost to finish the half before we get that field goal, but it would have gone a long way and it would have helped your wife's fantasy team. So uh, we're still trying to make you a hero in, in that world. Still, so. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's, let's get to the good stuff. Let's do game balls. We're still going to get out some game balls. We'll do a quick round of game balls and play action balls. Why don't you throw them? Uh, let's do them together. So do your game ball and your play action ball. Drop it on me. All right. So I will start with the the man who everybody's probably going to be talking about all week, and that's going to be a play action ball to Mr. Marcus Peters. And I, oh man, I don't know if play action is going to be strong enough. I might, uh, I'm going to bootleg this and not even oh. give him the option. <laughs> I'm, I'm running a bootleg. And Peter's got to step up the blocking because he was such a letdown. And God, it's hard not to point a lot of blame at him during the fourth quarter on some of those those plays that he let up on. So, dude, Peter's just – you're getting worse, man. You're getting worse. And we're not liking this over here, Rams Nation. So please improve. Let's not forget that he's got – he has Russell Wilson coming up and then Patrick Mahomes, right? So Russell Wilson, we already know how that Wilson knows how to defeat and get past Marcus Peters. He's already done so. And we were talking about this a few weeks about Russell Wilson using his eyes to basically throw Peters off. And we have that coming at home next week. So he, he's got to learn these lessons and improve. But yeah, dude, bootleg goes to Marcus Peters. Now that that's off my chest, <laughs> I'm going to give my game ball to going to mix it up here. I was going to go golf, but I'm actually going to hand it over to the offensive line because they did allow zero sacks at the Superdome and they allowed Goff to be 28 for 40 with 391 yards and three touchdowns. So they made Jared Goff look good and they allowed Gurley to do some damage as well. And this offensive line continues to have that chemistry and really allow Goff to have a solid amount of time back there. So game ball for me goes to the offensive line, who are the heroes of this team today. I like it. I like it. And you talked about you know playing the dome, that loud atmosphere. No false starts for that offensive line. That's a big thing. That's tough to do when you're on the road and you, and you can't hear the communication. So I like that game ball. Nicely done. And you know what? I like the bootleg ball. You know, not even going to fake it to you, bro. I'm going. The, I'm running away from you. In fact, I'm going to get the ball as far away from you as I can. So I'm going to steal that. I'm going to go with the bootleg ball as well. It is a. It is an upgraded play action ball, and that's going to Marcus Peters. When you give up 211 yards to one guy, uh, 15 targets, like it's just so obvious. The next closest person in targets, that was 10 targets away at five, and that was Kamara, who had a bunch of little ones. He ended up at four catches, 34 yards. But when you're getting targeted like that and you can't check up and figure out what's going on, he was close a couple times, and then he wasn't close a couple times. The touchdown catch they gave up, it was like he got burnt, and then he like jumped like five feet before. It was, it was just poorly timed. It made him look even worse, and then he didn't hustle, and that was another thing that drove me crazy. It's like I know you're, you're not going to catch him, but run it through. Like You're getting eaten up alive. Like At least show effort and, and that you want to mm-hmm. keep this game close. Maybe you do old uh, – what was that guy's name? BB for the Bills, man. Don BB, chase him down, poke it out, do something, man. You know, like give me some effort. <laughs> so that's uh, that was my disappointment. So he's calling himself a top corner in this league right now in that post game interview. He's got to start to show me, don't tell me, big guy. So bootleg ball goes to you, and then I've got a little combo uh, game ball. You know, I break the rules. It's it's my show. Oh, he's splitting I, the ball in half. Yeah, I'm splitting the ball in half here. I got to go Robert Woods. I was halfway through the game, and I'm like, I just stinking love Robert Woods. Five catches, 71 yards. Uh, that was third in the team as far as yardage goes, but just clutch. Just clutch. Liable. 
every time you, you saw that Jared Goff needed to get back into the flow of things, he went and found Robert Woods. They continued to give him the ball on the end around on that quick jet sweep. He didn't really convert as much on it this week, but they're going to continue to do it to him to keep people honest. But Robert Woods is just reliable. He's got great hands. He made some really, really, really good catches uh, that were really tough to make and kind of bailed us out a couple times. And, and you can tell, and you know where he wants to go on third down. So Robert Woods. And then my, my split ball here is uh, the tight ends. Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, you talked about it earlier. They've been our play-action ball plenty of times. Together, they had five catches on nine targets for 88 yards. Uh, they both had a big catch. Uh, Tyler's was 33 down the sideline. Gerald Everett had one of 20. And then Higby had a couple great blocks as well. I was on him about his run blocking. Uh, he sprung Jared Goff on Jared Goff's one big run on the outside. Uh, that came right after his big catch. So I was really happy to see them get involved. Nine targets combined. We talked about them not getting many targets at all recently, so they finally were involved in this offense. I think that's going to be huge for us moving forward as people start to cue in on Cooks and Cup and some of those other guys uh, to get those guys to kind of open things up. So th- those will be my shared game balls. Uh, the offense did great. They held us in this game. They-, they fought for us. Our defense really played well in the second half. Only gave up 10 points, but those 10 points just happened to be in the fourth quarter with about six minutes to go. So we got to work on that. But other than that, uh, you know, really happy with this. Like I said, the beginning of the show, this team is 8-1. and one. We are a very, very good team. And looking at the schedule, I feel very confident that we're still going to be the number one team in the NFC. So rest assured, everyone out there in Rams Nation. Guys, reach out to us. Send us some questions for tomorrow's show. We're going to hit some pro football focus. We're going to hear some more interviews from coach McVay some of the players will get you a good Tuesday show big ups edition James thank you for coming on I appreciate it. these aren't these are tough man we don't we don't love doing them uh, when we're not winning but we're really glad to have you thanks so much I can't wait to record with you for Rams podcast well I appreciate you letting me be done with my cry fest and uh, allow myself to to completely dehydrate through all my tears for the past couple hours before I came on the show. So I was able to to speak because pretty bummed, man. Pretty pretty bummed. So I've been optimistic today, but inside, I gotta tell you, I'm still pretty sad. You know what? He's dying inside, but on the mic, you brought some good <laughs> stuff today. I really appreciate it. You were optimistic, but you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.